listening to Awake in Relationship, a podcast about intimacy, community, and culture in a time of great change, with Silas Rose. Friends, my name is Sals Rose, and you're tuned into A Week Relationship. If you've been uh, following the show for a while, you know that uh, I cover the topic of relationships from many different angles. In this episode, we're going to focus on the uh, singles in the crowd. If current stats are correct, here in the West, one-third of the population live alone. There are, of course, many reasons for this, and, and certainly many of those that do live alone do so without regret. But I think it's safe to say that there's a lot of people looking for love right now. It's been real boot time for the uh, dating apps, but for anyone that's spent time swiping left or right late into the night, it's easy to become filled with a sense of uh, futility. The return on investment really doesn't seem that great. And like uh, many other places online, the algorithm really isn't our friend. These days, the ability to uh, bypass the algorithm and spark a genuine connection with a complete stranger almost seems like a superpower. However, uh, it's important to remember that uh, we as humans evolved to be social as a matter of survival. I really believe that uh, we all have those uh, dating and mating skills inside. It's, in- it's instinctual. And with a little nudge, a little bit of courage and uh, vulnerability, we can gain access to a whole new realm of possibilities for connection and love in the real world. In this episode of Work Relationship, I talk with Camille Virginia, author and dating coach, about the road less traveled, otherwise known as offline dating. In this conversation, we go deep into uh, the foundations of social intelligence and attraction. We also discuss some of the barriers to entering the offline dating game, specifically approach anxiety when meeting someone new. Throughout this interview, it became clear to me that uh, offline dating really is a skill set that uh, has many applications in other areas of life. So even if you're uh, happily coupled or happy to go solo, there's a lot in this interview about just relating to strangers and being a connector. I hope you'll stick around. Well, Camille, uh, good morning and welcome to A Wake Relationship. Thanks for having me, Silas. So perhaps a, a great place to start will be just talking a little bit about your journey into this work. Which really starts at you know for you at a young age, um, struggling with social anxiety. Yeah, I grew up very shy and introverted, and uh, I'm still an introvert. But it really felt paralyzing to talk to people. I would see my friends connecting with other people in large groups. They could go up and talk to anybody. Could talk to people at the movie theater, the grocery store. And I felt like I missed the memo on how to connect with people because I never felt comfortable doing that. I would get a lot of anxiety. And this is before social anxiety was something that is a household term at this point, uh, especially with the pandemic. So yeah, I just, I, I eventually got sick of it and started pushing past my social comfort zone and trying to talk to strangers and do things that scared me. But I really wanted to overcome this fear and just by doing things gradually and testing different things, I found a love of connection. And that started to trump my 
uh, fear of engaging with people. So why why focus on uh, offline dating? Well, offline dating is really just connecting with people in person. And in our world that has become increasingly lonely even before COVID, it's something that I'm just very passionate about, you know, especially because I know what it feels like to feel lonely and feel like you're watching other people connect and you don't know how to do that yourself. So I want to help people get these social skills back that are actually innate to us. You know, humans were meant to be, humans are social creatures. We're supposed to be surrounded by other humans. That's what kept our ancestors alive is having that community. If you were kicked out of the community, you were dead. So really loneliness is just mother nature's nudge to get back to the community, get back to the tribe to be accepted. Uh, But people, there's a lot of shame around loneliness because we just don't have conversations like this and talk about what it really is. Everyone gets lonely, but there's so many things you can do about it. Small things that can make a huge difference that anyone can do right now. You know, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast uh, will really resonate with that, that message of loneliness. You know, we're 18 months into uh, this global pandemic. Um, I think it's 18 months. I've kind of lost track at this point. <laughs> Certainly the pandemic has been a real kind of boon time for uh, the dating apps online platforms. And uh, so it's working for them, but I'm not too sure it's working for us so well. I know in the early days, uh, you know, I did have friends that were able to kind of meet life partners on match or plenty of fish. It seems like it's gotten a lot harder. Is that true? I would definitely say it's gotten harder. People, again, a lot because of loneliness are on these apps for the wrong reasons. And because they're lonely and not happy with themselves, they're taking out their unhappiness on other people. So they're actually treating other people poorly. Not only are they not on the apps to find a relationship, they're just lonely and bored, but they are now putting negative energy out into the world by body shaming other people. Or, um, you know, there's racism rampant on the, the dating apps. There's just a lot of bad behavior. Of course, not by everybody, but... As the world gets increasingly lonely and polarized, the apps are one of the outlets for people to take out their unhappiness and aggression on other people. And it's sad. It's been it's being normalized. If you go on an app, you just kind of expect to be sexually harassed and shown a, um, a picture that you don't want to see of someone's body parts <laughs> and things like that. And that's that's not normal. That's not okay. We shouldn't go to the grocery store and say, oh, well. You know, I got sexually harassed, but that's just part of going to the grocery store. That's unacceptable. And it should not be acceptable online or offline to treat people that way. It's well known that, uh, you know, certainly on social media, that they've kind of figured out a way to basically hack our dopamine system with uh, variable or fake rewards like likes or, you know, uh, different forms of social confirmation to keep us engaged. Do the dating platforms do the same thing? Absolutely. They're designed to be like uh, casino games. So there's a lot of intention and millions of dollars of study of the human brain and human behavior patterns that go into these. The whole swiping, the likes, the uh, everything that gets you to think that your perfect match is right around the corner. 
and to keep you swiping to keep your eyeballs on the screen. Even if you have a free version of the apps, uh, they get to, you know, if you're, if you're using them, they get to send ads to you and make money off the ads that they, uh, they send. So yeah, they're really designed for user engagement, not user desired outcome. Because the minute you meet your partner, they lose you as a customer. So they have zero incentive. They have negative incentive to help you find uh, an actual match. How does that sort of roller coaster ride of hope and fear affect our sort of self-confidence and self-esteem? Great question. I mean, I'm thinking back to when I was in high school and I felt like everyone else had this whole dating and being social thing figured out. I was the one who missed the memo. You, with the dating apps, you can feel like everyone else is matching. You're hearing success stories of people who met online and it, it, can, actually, it can definitely happen. You can meet people online and, and find fulfilling relationships. It's just you don't know what those people went through to get to that or if they were lucky. Yeah, it, it can feel like you're alone and that you're the only one that these apps aren't working for when really I think the amount of people on the dating apps who've met a committed long-term partner is the percentage is in the single digits. So mm. when you look at the stats, if you haven't met someone online, you are in the vast majority of dating app users. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the uh, return on investment is that great. Yeah, and when you offline date, you're just tapping into existing opportunities. You have to go to the grocery store or the dog park or the coffee shop or the post office anyway. You might as well meet people. You're, it's the return on investment of a small in-person interaction is huge. And you're doing these things anyways. It's, it's very efficient as well as serves your uh, innate need for human connection and fulfillment. So in the old-fashioned way, which you're kind of advocating for, you know, certainly involves a, a level of risk. And uh, there's something in the dating world that kind of speaks that. It's called uh, approach anxiety. This anxiety is really kind of outsized in many ways, you know, kind of depending on the person you're approaching, if you're really attracted to them, it might feel like you're about to die. It's kind of, uh, it's very irrational. Where does that come from? Well, no one likes to be rejected. You know, again, it's a primal thing. If you were rejected from society, that meant death. So our instincts are, you know, to be accepted. That's that's what we get rewarded with a whole cocktail of hormones to have people like us so that we're part of the tribe so that we can survive. So I would say, I mean, I have trouble approaching people that I'm really attracted to. So there's a couple things you can do. You can become more approachable yourself and encourage other people to approach you, which lowers your risk and puts it on them. Or you can warm up by starting to approach people you're not attracted to. You know, maybe someone much older than you, like a, just an, an elderly person that you want to give a compliment to or the gender that you're not a, attracted to. And just start there, you know, start start going through the engagement um, approaches just for no reason other than the purpose of engaging someone for having a conversation or giving a compliment and take that pressure off of yourself to go up to the most attractive person in the room and try to figure out what to say to them, especially if you're not used to doing that. Just start small with people you're not attracted to because it's the same skills to approach, I don't know, a puppy and talk to a puppy as it is to talk to the person you're attracted to. A little bit different tone and different conversation topics, but 
if you can approach a puppy, you can approach anyone you want to. Same skills. Yeah, it is. And though it really does seem like kind of a superpower. There are some people that are just kind of natural at it, that they can form that kind of instant connection with someone and turn that connection into a lover or a friend. There's, there's so many kind of subtle layers of communication that happen in the mating game. And uh, for most of us, you know, that doesn't come by instinct. Are there certain kind of mindsets that you believe are sort of foundational? Yeah, you need to be open and ready. Because after going through my own journey, which it took decades for me to learn the the skills and the approaches and the conversation starters and the quality connection tools that I now have that I now teach and write about. If you're still holding on to baggage from a past relationship, or you have already decided that you're not worthy of love, or you don't want to be annoying to people because, well, you know, I don't want to talk to someone in the grocery store because what if I annoy them? You do have to get into a place where you allow the magic to happen. Otherwise, the magic can't happen. You know, it's the Henry Ford quote, whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. <laughs> so, um, but really, I've, I've taken probably three decades worth of um, conversation and connection skills and developed a simple three-step method that anyone can use in my book, The Offline Dating Method. So there's lots of different options to choose from. There's no one line that's going to be the magical, oh, I use this on everyone. But it's going to be really just, yeah, being in the moment, being present, knowing that something may happen. This conversation may go somewhere. It may not. But you're okay either way because you're just going to show up with your authentic self, engage someone casually, and then see if they're open to taking it deeper. That's your only job. Yeah, so much of uh, human sexuality really happens in that kind of nonverbal realm. And I wonder if there's if there's something in body language or how we dress that make us more approachable, dare I say, even magnetic. I define approachability as creating a safe space for others to engage with you by removing barriers and lowering their perceived risk of rejection. And that's kind of a mouthful, but what it really means is be comfortable when you're out in public. If you look uncomfortable, if you've got your arms crossed, you're trying to shrink down, that's going to be unapproachable. So take a deep breath. Just let let your body relax, settle into, um, if you're in a coffee shop, maybe go into a corner seat where you can kind of see how you're, um, see the whole coffee shop. It makes you feel more comfortable. You're not going to be surprised by com- someone coming up behind you, you know, whatever that means for you. And then absolutely you can, um, wear conversation starters. If you, you can paint your fingernails a bright color, or you can wear a a pattern or vintage jewelry or a bright color, just something where someone can come comment on what you're wearing. Because what you're wearing is usually a safe way for people to engage you. Or you can be reading a book or a magazine, something where you're not looking at your phone. That's not very approachable. People don't want to interrupt someone who's on uh, looking at a phone. We don't know what they're doing. But if you're reading a book, it's pretty obvious that eh, if I come up to this person, they can pick up where they left off. So those kinds of things are, are good approachability tips. Wondering about the woman's perspective, do women want to be approached? Uh, most, many women do. You know, I can't speak for all women, but I have heard from hundreds, if not thousands of women who say, I wish guys would approach me more. And granted, the, a lot of them are the same women who don't know what to do when the guy approaches. So they're a little awkward, but um, 
Yeah. The easiest way to approach someone is to just keep it casual. Just, you know, comment on the book that they're reading, comment on something that they're wearing, um, ask how their day is going, you know, things like that. Use what's around you in the moment to ask a question. And then, you know, especially with COVID, we don't know where people's social comfort is. So they may answer the question and then excuse themselves. Don't take it personally, but I, I would say get into the mindset that when you engage someone, it's actually giving them a gift of human connection. We're all human. Maybe they don't, they're not in the mood to talk to you right now, but give, give, start with giving someone a compliment and, and you can give someone what I call a compliment drive-by, which is simply like, Hey, that's a beautiful scarf. Have a great day. And that's it. So if, if that, if it feels scary to approach people, start doing that to people, do that to, you know, five people when you're out and about one day and see the looks on their face of like, Oh, wow, that's really nice without the pressure to continue the conversation. And then you'll start to see that when you do engage people in a positive way, it's really giving them a gift. So as we've talked about, the, the price of entry to the game of dating is rejection. Is there a way to kind of lessen the sting? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a huge fear from people. So again, when you start with something very casual, like maybe you're in the grocery store and someone's looking at a box of granola bars and you want to engage them, you know, you could say, Hey, are those any good? I haven't tried that brand. Or do those have macadamia nuts in them? Or, you know, ask a question about something contextual, something that you can both instantly relate to. The person doesn't know if you're asking because you really want to know the answer to that question about the granola bars, or you're trying to engage them. But whatever their response is, is going to give you a lot more information for whether you try to continue the conversation or not. So it's all about the baby steps. Just, you know, walking up to someone and saying, hey, you're really attractive. That's hard. And a lot of people don't know what to do with that, both the person who said it and the person receiving that compliment, you know, so it can get awkward real fast. And then we can scare ourselves like, oh, I'm never doing that again. So just, you know, if you're at the dog park, comment on someone's dog and ask a question, just Make it about something other than you and this other person by using the things around you. And then you can get more information of, oh, okay, well, they answered my question and then they asked me a question. So they're open to engaging. I'm going to ask another question and, and just take it step by step from there. You have to really be present and pick up, you know, whether this person seems open to engaging or not. And if they don't, don't take it personally. Again, with COVID, you know, just assume that they're immunocompromised and they're uncomfortable uh, because of the pandemic, and and don't take it personally. They don't even know you. You can't take it personally. So offline dating really is this sort of unique skill set that uh, really has applications in many other places in life. I think just the ability to kind of work with the fear or face the rejection has a serious kind of upside in terms of making progress, you know, at work or with family or wherever. Are there examples either in your own life or perhaps with clients you worked with where there's been kind of big transformations? Absolutely. Um, I've, has, I've seen huge transformations in my clients and readers by just having, having them apply one tip. Our, our readers of my book, I've, I've seen it in book reviews. I've had people reach out to me. It could be as simple as I didn't know that other people wanted, a lot of other people wanted to talk to to me, or I didn't feel worthy of conversation or, oh my gosh, when that person complimented my shoes, 
I kind of shut it down because I entered the question and walked away, but maybe they, maybe it wasn't about my shoes. And so they start seeing all these opportunities and thinking back to all these situations and engagements and conversations they've had of like, oh, maybe that was a great opportunity to connect with someone, or maybe that conversation was going somewhere and I shut it down because I didn't know that's, I thought it was about my shoes, you know? So it's, it's those small shifts that can make a huge difference, like a kaleidoscope. You know, one small shift can change the entire picture. And when you realize that everyone is afraid of rejection, no one knows what they're doing in terms of social skills, especially during this pandemic. You know, we're all starved for human connection. You're in good company, which is why when you get the powers to offline date using three steps in my book, you you get, like you said, Silas, superpowers. This, this pick, you get the pick of partners out in the real world because you have the skills to go out and engage them. Most people want these skills, but they don't have them or they don't know where to start with getting them. So when you can give that meaningful connection to someone, and the, the third, we talked about the first step of approachability. Second step is um, casual uh, conversation icebreakers. The third step is to get to a meaningful connection, which can frankly be used online or offline. And when you give someone that, that deep fulfillment of a quality conversation, which can happen really fast, then people want more of you. They're like, oh my gosh, this felt amazing to talk to this person. How do I get more of them? Now you've got a new friend. Now you've got a date for the weekend. That's when the, you know, the next step is revealed of, hey, I want to get together with this person. I loved talking with them. They asked great questions. They actually listened to me. And meanwhile, you're having a great time too, because you're getting your fulfillment for human connection at the same time. So yeah, it's just, it's choosing one, one tip and just starting there and applying it within the next 24 hours. Don't wait. If you wait, you're not going to do it. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much, Camille. Uh, for this, I want to learn more about your work or perhaps get your book. Uh, where can they go? Uh, my book is on all the major booksellers, Amazon, uh, Powell's, Hudson Booksellers, and it's called The Offline Dating Method. Three steps to attract your perfect partner in the real world. And it's for all genders, all sexual orientations. I interviewed um, and included advice from over a dozen LGBTQ plus community members, as well as, of course, my perspective as a woman um, attracted to men. So it's it's for everyone who wants to connect with people in the real world, whether for purposes of a date or quality friendships or making new friends, whatever that looks like. And um, mm. I also have a free offline dating challenge, three days to attract your perfect partner. And that's at uh, offlinedatingchallenge.com. Awesome. Thanks. I'll put those links in the show notes. So thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Silas. As an introvert with uh, extrovert longings and uh, aspirations, I really appreciated this interview with Camille. If you want to learn more about her work, head over to masterofflinedating.com or get her book, The Offline Dating Method, at offlinedatingmethod.com. I'll post some links in the show notes at awakenrelationship.com. While you're there, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. If you have ideas for the future shows, you can send me a message through the contact page or reach out on Instagram and Twitter. And finally, I have a small favor to ask. If you've been loving the content on Awakened Relationship, I'd really appreciate it if you could just head over to Apple or where you listen to podcasts, and just leave a quick review. It really helps me to grow the show. I really believe that we uh, build a better world 
one relationship at a time. So I hope this episode inspired you to uh, reach out to someone new and to stay connected. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Awake in Relationship. If you liked what you heard, please click subscribe to get the latest show delivered fresh to your device or sign up for our newsletter at awakeinrelationship.com. Sharing is caring. 